What you want, you know I got it. What you need, you know I got it. All I'm asking is for a little respect. Yep, it's the fifth week in Lent, and I am going to share how Luke 29 through 20 took me from architecture to Aretha Franklin. And let me just tell you, if you don't know the song Respect, I gotta think you've been living under a rock. Most of the people who listen are around my age, so I know you've heard it, and even if you're really young, all I'm saying is R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. The gospel for the fifth Sunday in Lent is Luke 29 through 20. Jesus began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and let it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to them, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Surely not. But he looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. The scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told this parable against them, but they feared the people. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere, that they might catch him in something he said, so as to deliver him up to the authority and the jurisdiction of the governor. Whoa. Kind of harsh, right? Well, in listening to the sermon at church, I found out a little bit of the history. The parable really wasn't specifically to the scribes and chief priests. They were just totally paranoid and looking for a way to destroy Jesus no matter what. But the parable is really talking about the people of Israel because God had chosen these people in which a Savior, the Messiah, would, be, would come out of that line. And they got kind of self-absorbed, so to speak. It wasn't meant to be an 
all-inclusive kind of thing. But that's what Israel started to do. They started to be um, all-inclusive. And when God sent prophets to warn them about their behavior, they literally killed the prophets or harmed some they killed, some they just beat up. But that's where this story is coming from. And so ultimately Jesus would be killed. Just like the man's son that he sent. And so that was really where the message was going. And he was trying to get them to sort of see that Yes, while Israel are the chosen people in which Jesus would come out of, God's love is for all. So when he talks about the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, that is actually from Psalm 118. And I wrote it down, and of course, I can't find it. But it's Psalm 118, and it's a really great psalm. It repeats over and over that God's love endures forever. <clears throat> and when you get to the part about the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, the verses after that sound a lot like Palm Sunday and eventually Easter. The stone that the builders rejected is Christ. And it is, it is, he is the cornerstone of the building, which is eternal life. And so we build our foundation on Christ. And that's when my brain started thinking about architecture. Apparently, the cornerstone of a building is like the most important part. That is, that is the strong foundation. So when I was listening to the sermon and I was listening and I was reading this gospel, I was thinking about architecture and like how you build things. And I will tell you, not my jam at all. Like if you had to, anytime there was a challenge, like to build something, I, my brain just doesn't work very operationally like that. So I kind of do dig the parables because there's another parable that talks a little bit about building and how it applies to um, Jesus. And so let me get that to you. It's the wise and foolish builders, which is also from Luke. It's Luke um, chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. 
When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and destruction was complete. So my brain went there too. I, I like to share where my brain goes so you know where this crazy podcast is going. And because God uses so many stories and people and parables to teach us and to connect all of us at some point. So there's some verses and stories that are going to resonate to you. I like using the words like respect and resonate and reject because they're all rewords. And then that took me back to Aretha Franklin because did you see the movie Respect? Throughout the movie, like um, her sisters and a lot and her family called her Re. I thought that was kind of funny. So then this whole thing started a whole series of rewords. But my point being, not even sure what my point is, is just that my brain went to architecture and the cornerstone. And then this story that Christ is telling about building your house on a firm foundation, which is Jesus. And so that's where I think it's really important to think about how's your foundation. And sometimes our foundation is in need of repair. And my brain started thinking of like, what are words that are like when you're remodeling, get it? Remodel or refurbish or rebuild, repair, um, renewal. Those are some words that were all, of course, the re-words because at the end of the day, it's all about Aretha Franklin and respect, right? No, not so much. It's mostly about Jesus. So listen up, everybody. The R-E-S-P-E-C-T all goes to our Lord and Savior. <laughs> but seriously, when you think about your foundation, you know, are you in need of repair um, or just maybe some remodeling or refurbishing? Do you need to rebuild? And then it reminded me of last week when we talked about repent, just where sometimes you just need to turn away and go in the direction of God. Trust is something that's built, right? Which I thought that was interesting too, because it goes right to the architecture theme. And the crazy part is, is that God laid a firm foundation of his love and faithfulness. Why is it that we don't trust God? Why is it that we struggle to be solid in that firm foundation? Hear the original psalm from where the cornerstone 
verse is quoted. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they died out quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the, the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With boughs in his hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Well, that is just nothing but happiness, huh? I mean, there's some stuff in there that clearly says God keeps us on the straight and narrow and um, holds us accountable for our sinfulness, but his love endures forever. And so when we talk about building trust, humans have to build trust but our God lays down this solid foundation where we can trust in him. And I loved that. I found myself writing down other words because um, it starts off with that first parable starts off with a lot of rejection and then the owner sends out his beloved son because surely he will get respect 
and instead he does not. And so when we talk about our foundation needing in need of repair or refurbishing or remodeling or rebuilding, my brain then went to repent. And from there, it went to rejoice, revive, refresh, receive, renewal, rebirth, and respect. Good stuff. I love how God just connects it all together. All right, quick break, and then we'll wrap it up. It'll be a short one today. I seriously would recommend the movie Respect with Aretha Franklin or about Aretha Franklin. Jennifer Hudson does an outstanding job. And I love the fact that Aretha Franklin was someone who loved Jesus Christ. And she started her career singing at church. And um, I should say she started singing at church and then she started her career singing gospel music. And then, of course, wanted to sing other things as well. But I loved the fact that she really did stay true to her faith. And do you know that when she died, like they like changed her clothes a couple different times for different viewings? Like, wow, that is the queen of soul for sure. And if you ever YouTube her funeral, Shaka Khan sings at it. It's kind of a little tiny bit comical because she sings and sings and sings and sings. And then you're pretty sure that it's done. And next thing you know, Shaka Khan's coming back out and singing some more. It just made me and my sister laugh. Um, but it was actually pretty awesome. And I think that kind of explosive praise and thanksgiving and that kind of worship music is really super powerful. And so we really can learn a lot from Aretha Franklin because um, ultimately we know who she did respect. So that's a side note on Aretha Franklin and we shall go back to the main point, which is the cornerstone or the rock or the capstone or the firm foundation, which is none other than Jesus. I often make light of the Bible verses and the story And I stutter here for a minute because I don't mean to make fun of it in any way, shape, or form. It is unreal to me how connected all these verses are. How anytime Jesus is quoting Old Testament scripture, it is to show that he was present then and is now here on earth in human form 
100% God, 100% man, trying to connect those dots, you know, um, like build, like when you build a house of cards, how, you know, it has to be, you, you connect them all to make that house stand. It's a bad example because you can easily blow down a house of cards, but welcome to our world. No matter what we build on earth, it can be blown down as easy as a house of cards. And so when we build on the foundation of Jesus, that's something that can't be just blown away. Like Jesus talking about the firm foundation built on rock versus just built on the shaky ground. I love how Psalm 18 talks about his love endures forever. All of that so important. And so, you know, while it's fun to talk about Aretha Franklin and House of Cards and silly architectural references. There's just so much truth to what Jesus has done for us. And that is where our strength comes from. That is where our hope comes from. And that is what Lent is all about. It is really looking at who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Next week starts Holy Week, and it starts on Sunday with the story of Jesus riding in on the donkey. We know it as Palm Sunday, and talk about a lot of respect. Oh yeah, if those folks could be singing, they might just be singing respect, throwing down palm branches and cloaks and singing Hosanna in the highest. Good, good stuff. But it turns ugly pretty fast and it goes from respect to rejection. Rejection in the form of betrayal and denial. Um, All of the disciples running away people that were screaming Hosanna in the highest are now screaming crucify him and there on the cross Jesus shows us the utmost respect and takes on our sin and dies goes to hell to raise again And that's when the best reword of them all happens, and that is redeemed. Our Redeemer comes out alive. And sorry to do the whole spoiler alert that the tomb was empty. Best part ever. So R-E-S-P-E-C-T, absolutely, let's give that to our Redeemer. See you next week. Thank you.